We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined by my co-host here on the show. It is Sean Siegel. You can also find him on the Stealing Bananas podcast. Sean, we are going to answer some listener questions on today's show. We're also going to uh, check into another piece by Sam Wallace on decoding some backfields. Today we're going to be looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we did mention it on the show so far this week. We did a draft with Anthony Amico last weekend we did uh, draft one of these players we're going to be talking about on today's show so maybe the listeners if you've checked out the draft you may already know which buccaneers running back uh, that we did select there but sean looking forward to diving into some of these uh, listener questions and as always i'll let the listeners know at the start you can send them my way at overtime ireland or you can also email them over at rotavizradio at gmail.com we'll use the best ones on some of the upcoming shows uh, Sean, uh, the third show of the week, I guess, from official shows. I think it will be the seventh show in a row, um, including the draft episodes. But it's been a fun week uh, breaking down some of these topics. It has been, and it was a blast to draft with Anthony. And as you mentioned, we're going to go over a player we did draft that Sam really likes. Anthony also wanted us to get back to for the 2021 season. Sam Wallace has this fantastic series up on the website right now. It's called Decoding Backfields. It's a three-part series. He looks at three different backfields and some concepts within those backfields that will help you understand which player you want to draft and how to understand some of the fantasy elements of evaluating backfields in general. Corbin Young also has a really cool piece looking at this sort of small gap, big gap concept in terms of ADP depth chart, how that will allow you to draft the right guys in these backfields that are maybe a little bit confusing or backfields that have some stealth upside, but also have some trap potential. So we want to make sure that we create exposure to the guys within these backfields who have the most upside. That doesn't mean that we're necessarily going to be right every time, but drafting the right profiles can be crucial. And so, Colin, we start out today looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, looking at Leonard Fournette versus Ronald Jones, and then maybe even the fly in the ointment 
that is Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, and I know we I, we were talking about Gio, um It was quite a while back now. I think it might have been on the episode that John Daigle came on, and uh, or maybe Danny Carter, and they were talking about like every single round, just getting or every single draft getting Gio in like the eighteenth or twentieth round. Obviously, those days are are long gone at this point, but he certainly could be a fly in the ointment when it comes to this backfield. Um, obviously, everyone will know Leonard Fournette had a really strong finish to the season, including the the playoffs itself. You know, it wasn't all looking too hot during the season and um, things weren't um, looking that impressive but he really did finish things out strong then as, as things progressed but uh, I think that uh, Anthony on that episode put forward a very strong case for Ronald Jones I know last year Sean we were um, you know as much in on Ronald Jones I would say as probably anybody outside of uh, Pat Corain he, <laughs> he was the one leading the bandwagon to full effect but I think that you know sometimes it's a situation where after that year where maybe we expected the big breakout and i think people forget as well that things were going pretty well um in the season for ronald jones um but then obviously we we didn't get the expectations that we were maybe hoping for down the stretch so i think then we're getting a, a value there on him vers- versus how the season finished for leonard Fournette. i think though it is very much a split backfield i think it really could go either way and i think it's been very fairly reflected in terms of adp um Leonard Fournette going off at running back 34 and then uh, Ronald Jones going off at running back 38 so it is very balanced between the two of them um I think if we're looking at who the better running back is I would say it's Ronald Jones I think his big downside is the ability to catch the ball which he uh, hasn't shown over the last couple of years and Fournette has shown to be a little bit better at that but of course we know Giovanni Bernard is is much much better at that so I think that uh, the running back to target here for me is still Ronald Jones, um, but I am holding my hands up and saying I am drafting more Giovanni Bernard than than either of these two guys. Yeah, th- this one is tricky, and it's a little bit weird the way the fantasy community has handled it. Sam has the ADP chart up from the last several months. You can see where they add Giovanni Bernard his ADP skyrockets at the point Ronald Jones had just dropped to where he was about even with Fournette. So in the March time period, Jones was more expensive Fournette second Fournette goes back with the Buccaneers. He climbs up into that range. You have Bernard also join the team. These two guys coming back, Jones ADP continues to fall, although maybe not as far still as you might guess, whereas Fournette not that affected by Bernard, or perhaps just at the same time, it's outweighed by the fact that drafters were very relieved that he was back with Tampa Bay because outside of Tampa Bay, when you're talking about a team in the Buccaneers who won the Super Bowl with him and he looked good in the postseason, and yet they were still a little skeptical about re-signing him, right? And they're in the situation where they almost cut him right before he goes on to have this playoff explosion. And so I think that drafters are looking at this and thinking, well, if Tampa Bay doesn't want him, he's going to go into a bad situation and not be worth very much. Now, you know, if he ended up with the Atlanta Falcons instead, then you're going to see even a little bit more of an ADP jump. I'm not convinced that this makes the most sense because when you're looking at Ronald Jones versus Leonard Fournette, the only thing that Fournette does a little bit better is he's a little bit more natural actually catching the ball. Now, once he catches the ball, except for these little <laughs> here and there, I mean, he doesn't do anything, right? And so 
he's not someone you would expect to be in the game and taking a lot of these third down touches. I mean, that's going to be Giovanni Bernard. And from a running perspective, it's very clear that Ronald Jones is the better runner, right? He averages over five yards per carry last year. Some of that is based on the big play. But as we talk about all the time, you want exposure to the big play. I mean, the fact that yards per carry jumps around doesn't mean you don't want exposure to the guys who could put up a 5.5 or a six yard per carry season, guys who could have four or five 50 yard runs. Those runs are plays that will be weak winning and are not repeatable by players who are just simply not good, not fast, you know, not going to touch the ball in these situations where they can do this. You look at the regular season last year, Jones averaged almost 14 attempts, Leonard Fournette just over eight, Jones more than double the rushing yards per game. They both scored a half a touchdown. Jones averages 13.6, Fournette averages 11, and I'm not suggesting that either guy is going to hit those numbers again in 2021. I don't think that they will, but Jones would still be playable in the 11, 12 point per game range. And one of the things that we see, and I think that you have to be concerned about if you're a Fournette owner, is that Jones is the better rusher, Bernard is the better receiver, Fournette has this potential to get squeezed out, and based on his history, his behavior when he gets squeezed out could be very questionable. And so he could be a guy who still uh, you know, is inactive, that type of thing. I think the upside for Fournette is that maybe he could push both of the guys a little bit because he's the player who has both parts to his portfolio. Now, he does them both poorly, but the fact that he can do them both and you have that dynamic where you're not telegraphing the play, depending on how the Buccaneers want to do it, that can be valuable. You know, even if a guy is not a good rusher, not a good receiver, but you can put him out there and the defense doesn't know the play call, that has a big benefit to the team as well. Maybe he pushes both guys out. That's one of the reasons why we haven't necessarily been hitting on these players. And yet when Ronald Jones drops into round 10, drops into round 11, you know, Anthony made the point, you know, he could be one of these guys if he does nail down a lot of the rushing attempts. You know, he could be like an Aaron Jones a couple of years ago where he has this extreme touchdown upside, whereas Leonard Fournette may be a little bit more than Jamal Williams in this backfield. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, Sean, moving into some listener questions. Love getting these in, so do send them my way on Twitter or at rotavisradio at gmail.com. First one comes in from Jordan Roth. And, Sean, this is something we touched on a little bit um uh, recently on a few different shows but we're getting the interesting thing i always say is we get very nuanced questions and sometimes coming in that gives us a little bit more thought so he did say he searched through prior shows and he may have missed it but he said did we ever do a, an ot podcast on the viability of zero rb in a startup dynasty 0.5 ppr league so we did talk last week and I, I had a lot of feedback on twitter um i did say that uh, the title of last week's show was do not use zero running back uh, so that was obviously very clickbait enhanced uh, because we were talking about um, in basically standard format leagues where we advise not to go for it. But Sean, where do we go in that half point PPR range? Um, obviously, it's still going to be a case where there's a little bit more value to the, the wide receivers because you're getting that half point. But are we just leaning right in the middle of full point PPR and non PPR? Or is there a little bit more balance to it? So um, that was that was the majority of Jordan's question. So uh, thanks, Jordan, for sending that in. But Sean, what do you think about 0.5 PPR and whether it's dynasty or whether it's uh, redraft? Exactly. This is a little bit of a trickier one. Ben and I do talk about this in our zero RB bonus episode. How you want to consider how sort of the foundational tenets of zero RB and this concept of anti fragility and how that affects your half PPR leagues, not standard quite as much, not shallow quite as much, but if you're in a a decent depth half PPR dynasty league, it's still very important to me that we're getting many more seasons out of these wide receivers when we're getting more consistency, we're getting a little bit less in the way of injuries for the stars. And so you build that foundation with those guys. And then I like to churn through the running back options. You know, those are the leagues where I'm looking to kind of grab the guys like a Chris Carson like a Miles Gaskin, you know, potentially even like a Miles uh, Mike Davis, people who can potentially pull you through in those leagues, score enough points at the running back position to help you. The one main dynasty league that I have that's like this is sort of a, a very old uh, PFF league where uh, still in it with Mike Clay and, and the guys from PFF, you know, seven, eight years ago. And in that format, having all of these studs at wide receiver is still very crucially the foundation you need to have a competitive lineup year in year out and then maybe you look to draft an antonio gibson a jk dobbins you know some of these players who you know are not going to be 
the 101, the 102 and rookie drafts. And so if you have a good team, you still have a little bit of a shot at them. And so that's how I like to play half PPR dynasty. You do want to make sure that you are adding some of those running backs in there. If you have some flex spots on some weeks, it may make sense to play running backs in the flex. So having that depth can help you. So there's more of a balance, but we want wide receivers to be the foundation. The next question comes in from Rick, and he's uh, giving a shout out here to the, the Stealing Bananas podcast as well. He said he's coming into the last year of a five-year PPR keeper league with 12 teams. He says the rosters are quarterback, three wide receivers, two running backs, tight end, and then a flex for the wide receiver running back or tight end position with six bench spots. They get to keep three players each year, and this is the last season before they do a total reset. So interesting as well, when it, like, we probably i'm going to ask you this this isn't one of his questions but i wonder do we start targeting it like a pure redraft league if it if it gets to that last league but um he says he can keep three of kamara z hopkins and ridley so he's torn between who to keep so he's currently thinking of keeping kamara zeke and ridley but wondering if it would be better to keep uh, the two top wide receivers with kamara would be interested to know what you would do so my opinion here um sean would be very strong towards Kamara Hopkins and Ridley. Um, I don't know if you're going to lean the same way. And then I'll throw my own question in is if you're in one of these keeper leagues where there is going to be a reset, do you start to just look at it rather than a keeper league? It's just a 100% redraft with keeping which three players you want. Yeah. So I think we were looking at the 2021 value of Hopkins versus Elliot. I have Hopkins as a mid second round value in redraft i have elliot early in the third that's arguably one of the most controversial rankings that I, have. <laughs> I mean most of my rankings are, are not that dissimilar from the community other than i have the wide receivers pulled up a little bit i have a few of these running backs pulled down i may keep moving derrick henry down who i have at the 201 unfortunately column i did have to move jonathan taylor out of the top five spots with the injuries that the indian Indianapolis Colts are suffering so that that was sad that was hard we've been very high on Taylor still could be a huge weapon for you in the second half of the season but things not breaking his way early Elliot I just I have a huge concern about the collapse and so my ranking is based on sort of splitting the difference I don't think he's someone that you want exposure to I do think that he still has extreme upside and so a little bit is going to depend on how you can play the rest of that league, right? Because you're keeping Kamara, that gives you the running back that you need there. You're keeping Ridley, you have a wide receiver to start. How's the rest of your league gonna play this? What type of upside do you need in order to win your league? Do you need exposure to two high scoring running backs in order to be competitive with the top teams? Or are you more likely to you know, almost be locked in to a first round buy if you have Kamara, Hopkins and Ridley? So some of those things, will come into play for me. Hawkins also perhaps not the safest player if you're looking beyond 2021. So if there were a longer term keeper league, you know, I'd almost wonder if there's another option beyond Elliott and Hopkins to look to. When we're looking at 2021, I expect both of those guys to score a lot of points. The problem for me is that I think with Elliott, you have this potential to have a 24 point per game season, which would obviously be league crushing. You have the potential for him to have a 17 point per game season where Tony Pollard really comes in and does 
you know, almost this kind of split that we saw with the Chargers a couple of years ago between Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. And then I also think that you have this potential for him to have an injury plague 13 point per game season. Any player could be out the very next play with an injury. Hopkins, when he started to slow down in the second half of last year, was dealing with that ankle injury. You get a slightly more severe ankle injury and out and Hopkins is out completely. So knowing that all players are one play away from being just out, I still think that Hopkins has a better floor and a better situation for what you need to do structurally. So that's a kind of a, a long-winded answer to say I, I do still like Hopkins here, but depending on exactly what you're wanting to accomplish and your level of risk comfort, I could see Elliot being the play as well. Thanks again to Rick for sending in that one. The next one is from a longtime listener, is Dave Early. He says, Hi, Colm, longtime overtime listener. Love the pod. And another shout out for stealing bananas, Sean. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely popular out there. Um, and I believe these are all recommendations from you. I, I didn't see any recommendations from my side, but he said he loved the recent show recommendations. Mary Kills, Murder at White House, The Wives, Baghdad Central, and more. He said, Please keep them coming. Um, so, Sean, no pressure, but uh, listeners looking for more uh recommendations i think from you more so than me um one of his favorite leagues he says is a 0.5 ppr salary cap league and um, so we're into the 0.5 ppr leagues today um he says it has a big 40 yard bonus play so basically if you have a a big a big play that's more than 40 yards you get a bonus so he's curious how we would gear up for a salary cap draft uh getting to start two running backs two wide receivers two flex one tight end says typically the uber backs go in the 70s uh, of a 200 dollar budget so about a third of the budget c mac i expect like last year will be around 75 stud wide receivers like adams maybe 65 then a pretty steep slide uh, when you'll see dj moore and Diggs and ridley in the uh, four to five wide receiver range um go for 18 to 24 um so he assumes that the the real value uh, are on favorites of ours like higgins Ayuk. Uh, but he's curious to see what we'd like to go for in a draft like that. So you could probably get guys like Javante, Dylan, and Pollard very cheaply if you want to go a zero RB team. But maybe you want Gibson if he was a value. So Sean, I think when we're looking through the values there, if you can get guys like Moore and Ridley and Diggs for uh, you know eighteen to twenty four dollars versus Devontae Adams, as much as I love him for sixty five dollars, I think he. You, you strap in for one or two of those guys at least um and then i think uh i i think that that would make me like lean in there probably go for a modified kind of zero rb or an elite zero, uh, zero rb option there to um to build up that roster if you get like three of those wide receivers in that range and can build that up as well with guys like higgins and Ayuk, and then get somebody who's not christian mccaffrey but somebody who might be in the kind of 50 dollar range i think that's going to give you a really strong foundation what do you think i agree and i think that in this format where you have the two running back two wide receiver two flex one tight end again we have the half ppr we've got the 40 yard big play bonus i don't know that we're really chasing that bonus but i always like to draft very fast players anyway one of the things that is a sort of staple for me is making sure that I draft players who have the potential to create big plays. Those are weak winning plays and they tend to be plays where if you get a couple of those during the season, you look back and think, well, that was the difference between my team advancing and this other team that played it just slightly safer, not making it. 
you know, something like a Travis Etienne being able to go for 80 yards when he catches that screen pass, you know, that could be the difference in the whole season. In this league, you have a little bit more of a bonus for it. I think that you want to have that exposure anyway. So you have the seven starters in the salary cap situation. I think that I'd be looking to try and get all seven guys in the first four rounds. That probably means not having a first round pick or not having a player from that first round range. When we look in terms of the expense in snake drafts. And so I'm looking to get guys, you know, like he mentions Gibson. I think Gibson, depending on the expense is interesting. Edward Dallaire is interesting. DeAndre Swift is very interesting. JK Dobbins, someone who has that long speed and is going to average a high yards per carry unless, you know, he gets dinged up and plays the whole season with a serious ankle injury or something like that. So I'll be looking to get some of those guys and then you can load up with those sort of round two receivers. You have a Ridley, you have a Lamb, you have a Higgins, you know, you can get Metcalf for that potential big play bonus. All of these guys who are pretty good fits for the half PPR because maybe they're not relying as much on that possession receiver element, but they're going to get the yardage for you. They're going to create big plays. I'm going to finish it up, Sean, with a couple of listener reviews that have come in. We've been getting more and more um, as, as the weeks go on. We're very, very appreciative of it. So if you do drop us one, if you haven't already dropped one, I know some people have reached out um, about different you know podcast players that don't have an option for it or that their you know the the reviews uh, aren't easily to leave so I, I i appreciate the people as well who've reached out to say that you know they would love to but just the podcast player they use uh, doesn't allow for it but uh, apple podcasts is the one where the majority of uh, you know recommendations for other podcast players and that will come up so if you do have access to apple podcast please drop us a review you over there but two that have come in i'm just going to shout them out one for sammy c 1998 uh, he says there isn't a better duo in the industry and he's actually said then uh, the column seagull so it seems sean like he's uh, blended us into uh, one <laughs> one person there uh, but i uh, love the content and listen to two of the sharpest minds keep it up so thanks very much for that review sammy the other one i, I love this name uh, that's attached to it is neighborhood superstar uh, this one coming in best fantasy football podcast been listening to overtime since last off season i cannot miss one the insight and analysis from sean and colin for drafting in your league and in season are second to none not just player picking either real in-depth discussions on the process uh on their process sorry and multiple scenarios and paths to victory and i think that second one sean really adds up a lot of the stuff that we try and do on the show there's we talk about players but you know we go into the the process around why you're selecting them rather than just these are our guys and you should just draft our guys so um i, I really appreciate those uh some nice reviews coming in over the last couple of weeks those are and, and like you say we we appreciate the community so much we've been having such a good time with the listener league uh, we're looking to get even more people involved with those and then call up you know I, definitely have to leave a show recommendation after uh, the great feedback here on some of the previous ones. I wanted to mention one that's a little bit different for me today. I've had my parents uh, in for a visit, which is always a lot of fun. And then you're looking for, you know, a show that will appeal to everyone. And I hit upon, uh, we mentioned that I've been you know, watching through some of the, the HBO Max content recently actually rewatched a show from a few years ago, the miniseries Chernobyl, focusing on that accident. If you like history, you're, you know, having a get together or, you know, a week with family who like history, 
it, it's just really a stunning show in terms of the quality of the acting. You'd be hard pressed to find anyone who's better than Stellan Skarsgård. But the way that they put this together, you know, going through the history, going through what happened, the explanation of some of the things with the science, discussing the decision-making from people who were there on the ground, some of the things that the Soviet Union and the, the higher-ups of the higher-ups, the very top people had sort of kept secret, how that came into play. But the drama in this, and one of the things that you know can sometimes come into these historical shows is you kind of know the history, you have a sense of what happened, at least the outcome, and obviously in a situation like this with Chernobyl, you know the outcome is sad. But because of that, there's a spoiler element. You don't have that same ride that you would have in a thriller or a mystery or something where the whole point is to find out what happened. Unless you're very, very familiar with the background of this, it's from a dramatic perspective. And again, you don't want to necessarily overemphasize the drama when this is a, a very human, real thing that happened. But the way they put this show together is just stunning in terms of the quality of it and you know how you just find yourself on the edge of your seat through so much of it and so it's it's both a testament to the quality of the show and then you know kind of a result of the importance of what happened and and how you know ideally we could learn from this even though you know there are plenty of things going on in our current world that suggests that you know as a group we, we struggle to learn from things but if you're looking for a show that might appeal to you know that demographic and even if you're just watching it by yourself which is what i did the first time then chernobyl is is someone something you don't want to miss yeah and i think that that was something that uh has been on my list for quite some time and what i've decided that i have to do now moving forward is put on earphones and and make time to watch these shows because uh with my daughter caitlin being three years old i'm either going to miss out on another 16 years of shows that I want to watch or I'm going to have to uh, put in the earphones and listen along to them on a maybe on a smaller device but uh, yeah it's been on my list for for quite some time so um, I'll have to check it out after that one uh, thanks again for the reviews that come in Sean mentioned the listener leagues there uh, if you're interested in playing along let me know send me an email at rotovizradio at gmail.com or overtimearnet at gmail.com or just send me a message on Twitter um, and we'll try and get those set up over the next week or so. Uh, that is going to bring us to the end of a mammoth week of Rotoviz OT content. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening in. Uh, as always, though, you can get yourself a 10% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass if you haven't done so already. Simply add the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on that offer. And that is the end of the Saturday podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Sean Siegel is my co-host. And make sure as well, uh, this dropping on Saturday, there'll also be a Saturday edition of Stealing Bananas. So if you're still looking for more podcast content, head over and check out the Stealing Bananas podcast with Sean and Ben Gretsch. Until we're back with more Rotoviz Overtime content, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.